Hello and welcome to What Our Point Weekly, where we bring together a variety of perspectives to discuss the biggest stories of the week and decide what our point, or if in fact there are no point at all. Please, if you like what you hear, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Today it is Friday, July 1st. I have with me Dan and Nick. Hello. Hi. Ben will be having his own segment later, which will be fun. So talk to us, guys. Dan, give us your perspective on the recent Supreme Court rulings. Well, let me tell you, it's been a bit of a doozy. There's like maybe four or five different ways that things have gone crazy. So there's obviously Roe v. Wade, which was maybe the most like everyone thought that was going to happen, but it's still uh, somewhat crazy, especially Justice Thomas's opinion where he said he also thinks or continues to think because he was on the court for many of these decisions that gay marriage, there's no constitutional right to gay marriage or birth control. He wasn't on the court when they decided that one. So that could be interesting. So that's like one set. Set two of crazy decisions was yesterday where the court said that the Environmental Protection Agency can't regulate certain types of carbon dioxide emissions in the air. And they basically are trying to blow up the administrative state. So like stop the government from functioning. Then they also decided that they are going to take a case, which is going to come on the docket next term, to decide if state legislatures can just ignore the popular vote in their state. So there's a case out of North Carolina, and it was a big debate of whether or not the Supreme Court would weigh in. But there are a lot of people on the conservative right who say that the state legislature in, let's say, Arizona, without the governor, just the state legislature themselves, should be able to pick who gets the electoral college votes from that state. That having a popular vote is a formality, but the true power lies with the state legislature. And so the Supreme Court's going to hear that case in what will be probably, that would be the most impactful case to the 2024 election slash maybe the future of America. What do you think of Roe v. Wade? How are we going to, like, what is the next step in that process? What are your thoughts on Biden's comments about the filibuster and using Congress to pass a law, even if it requires changing the filibuster rules. I feel like that's definitely, there's a window of time for the next nine months where the Democrats have control of the government, even if it's very razor thin margins. And I think they, this set of people in Congress will be remembered for the rest of their lives if they do something in the next nine months or not. On, let's just say birth control. You could just say there's a federal right to birth control passed a law. That seems pretty low con- like low stakes, but will they do it? So wait, let me guess, Nick. You think that doing any of that would be denying precedence? No, I mean, uh, there is certainly a doozy of an issue to begin with. But yeah, it, it, sort of the decision that, that came down from the courts didn't necessarily, didn't necessarily ban the practice nationwide. It, it, I mean, in some ways, we should be thankful for our federalist system which in fact, I think, makes things more democratic in our country versus other central-powered countries that just Definitely concentrate no power centrally. Right? There's no democracy, no federal system when it comes to gun control. I mean, that, that's the other... There's. I forgot about that in the craziness of this this last... Yeah, time. that is... I mean, that is interesting. I mean, the conservatives would point to the Second Amendment saying that's in the Constitution, whereas... Yeah, the text I read for a militia... I mean, whatever. Sure. I mean, you can read. Uh, yeah, you can interpret. I mean, I'm sort of speaking outside of my lane of expertise here, but I, I do think that I mean, in some ways, this isn't over. Where if 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 any person on the on the pro life movement thinks this 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 is this this these 
this issue is over, that's misguided. I just think that it, you know, maybe from like a societal aspect to it, it our country right now doesn't necessarily need a divisive issue to tackle after the last couple of years of, of going on an emotional roller coaster. So I kind of, I don't know, kind of feel that we really don't need more controversy in our country. So wait, Dan, what do you think about the idea of the progressive side of the Democratic Party complaining Biden isn't doing enough and that he might not be doing that much because he thinks that this is going to be a wedge issue and he's sort of playing possum before the midterm elections. And doesn't it seem like that is, I don't know, from my perspective, there's, Biden's not gonna run again. Do we, do you think Biden's gonna run again? And like, shouldn't he just sort of fall on the sword and do everything in his power in the last nine months that he, or whatever, the last two years going into the midterms and then the last two years before he goes to just situate whoever's coming next or like get the country in order a little bit and just stop thinking about his reelection like, and, and, and th- this is becoming more complicated because, I mean, we can talk about the January 6th committee, but I am actually very nervous about everyone now coming out trying to force Trump's to say that he's not going to run from both sides. Isn't that just going to almost like one of those superhero villains where, like, that just is going to make him more powerful by trying to say, oh, we're going to try to discount your candidacy for these bureaucratic or technical reasons. Like, if they're not going to prosecute him... How is that going to help the case for him not running again? Isn't that just going to make the true diehard Trump fans even more adamant that, you know, everyone's trying to get in his way because of how powerful his message is? You know, the eight dimensional chess in politics, I'm never really a fan of. I think it's there's an argument. I think the biggest worry that was the set that you talked about of like, I don't think it's a great idea to back Donald Trump into a corner because who knows what's going to happen. Like he could run without the support of the Republican Party and just like win as an independent. Like you really never know. And so I think I don't know. I mean, I I think there's pretty clear grounds for him to be prosecuted. And so that would be an interesting decision that needs to get made. I don't know if it's going to happen before the midterms or after, but I feel like that's like the highest order question. Like it was very clear there was a plan to try to overthrow the election. And a lot of senior government officials were involved and a few of them resigned, but didn't really say exactly what was going on. And I think that's like the fundamental crisis. And if we kind of let that go, then it's like, okay, as long as you do something slightly less worse than truly try to overthrow the government and murder the vice president, you're fine. I mean, yeah, I mean, the whole him wanting to, like, steer the car to drive the parade or whatever. Well, can I, can we can we talk about this logistically? So the beast is how it's could, like a, I agree that the logistics of the president trying to get to the front seat and, like, do the steering wheel. There's a world in which he got up, like, moved forward from his seat in the back of the beast, which is his seat is probably what, Nick, 12 feet from yeah. his wheel. Yeah. And so, I mean, I, I think whether or not he lunged. Sure, that's possible. That's a very likely possibility. But whether or not he had the physical ability to actually commandeer the beast is another question. That seems like that's not true. But he could. No, no, no. I mean, it might have. What she described might be true. But in Trump's mind, him thinking that he would have been able to commandeer the beast, I think that was short sighted on his part. I think he he would not have been able to like wrestle control over the steering wheel over like a secret service agent. That I just is, don't think that he physically had that capability, like had the ability to do so. And then obviously she never said that that happened. She just said he tried to. He kind of I thought forward. Trump is in like peak physical condition though. Didn't he like pass all of his physical tests? He did. Dr. Oz reviewed his medical records in a funny <laughs> twist of fate. Um, who, is Dr. Oz a, 
what type of doc? I mean, is he a general physician? I don't even know. He honestly could be like a psychiatrist and calls himself a like physician. You know, I think he went to the same school as Dr. Dre and Dr. Um, Pepper. Uh, yeah, they... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I love Dr. Pepper. That's a great drink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like root beer, but not quite. Yeah, it's like Tab or not Tab. Mr. Pib was the knockoff Coke knockoff. Um, oh. I digress. So, yeah, I. I don't know. I mean, I'm not, nothing surprises me anymore. The next. Do you think Trump would have, so had Trump gotten his way, do you think he would have killed Mike Pence? (laughs) I don't think he, I think there's a weird world where he didn't expect anyone to actually kill Mike Pence, that most of this is kind of like, he like wouldn't personally, I think like punch someone or shoot someone, even if he talks as a tough guy. So I think he thinks everyone else has that same like faux tough guy mentality. But some people are actually like in, you saw the people like beating up Capitol Police. So I mm-hmm. think yeah, they some people like, really... were like um, literally carrying a noose around. You would imagine waiting for Mike Pence. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, there's a little like part of me that feel finds this whole stuff comedic. I mean, it's like such like self-inflicted and self-destructive. But the fact of the matter is, like, did he like what? I remember he was Cat Cassie Hutchinson was saying that he, his intent was to walk up the Capitol into the House floor. And what, like, what would have been people's reaction had Trump just showed up with, like, an angry mob behind him? Like, the thought that that somehow would have gotten them to, like, adhere to his desires, like, is perplexing. Like, he thought it was some, like, you know, Washington crossing the Delaware moment or whatever. It's just, it's like a head scratcher. It's like, why would any sane person think that that would actually, like, work? Like, it's just like, it shows, it's almost like an utter sense of, like, ignorance of how the whole process works and, like, what Congress is and... It just there's so many holes in that that it's just it's so confusing almost and and um like part of me feels like maybe they should have just let him do what he wanted because that almost would have like hurt him more politically like he would have had he broken into the capital he would have been clearly like grounds for yeah so many different crimes like that would have been he, it, it's like the thing about trump and certainly maybe the left doesn't point it out is like most of most of the things that are up that he's up against are of his own doing they are like his own worst instincts that like came to fruition. And it's sort of like the whole saga of the Trump administration has been like all of his like impeachments and scandals have all been self-inflicted wounds. Yet and he that, remains. Like, and he's yet still he, sure. I mean, but it's like, it's almost part of his, like his uh, cult of not cult of personality is the wrong word, but his like persona is all is in this. And it's like people almost like forgive him for having this self-destructive, these self-destructive instincts. So it's, it's just kind of confusing. And if I were like a Democrat, I, I don't know, like part of me perversely would think this is good for the Democratic Party. Like he's, because he's so destructive. Like if you were competent and sharp and like a well-oiled machine politically, then none of this would have necessarily happened. Yeah, I, I agree know. with that to some extent, but it doesn't seem like the Democrats, I mean, has what has Biden, as I'm looking back at the two years of what's been happening, like, I know he's been dealing with the pandemic and now the war on Russia, but not a lot of his agenda has gotten accomplished. And not only that, like with all the Supreme Court rulings and everything, it seems like the the needle's going backward. And then now yeah, you have inflation. It's just Maybe. not a good time for America in general. But it's also like frightening because like Dan's saying, be a Republican legislator and it could be way worse. So I don't know. Like, how do you, Dan, like what is, are you hearing like, any internal democratic 
twittering about like what the next step is i think there's a huge push i mean they did a gun control bill last week there's a huge push to do some type of energy deficit thing that mansion's been working on and then that's probably it after that and then we'll kind of see but yeah no it's definitely been a difficult first two years yeah i would say as someone who's been involved in politics in some degree for separate years i feel like things are really between the supreme court and the january 6th hearings this is basically the low i feel like of my involvement in terms of wanting to read the news every day uh, yeah it's 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 depressing even for like a republican like myself like there's just no there's like a lack of competent leadership on both sides like there's just there's no i mean i feel like the democrats you know they're level-headed and to a certain degree in terms of sort of the no mean tweet stuff but like there's no energy in the Biden administration. There's no like momentum. There's no charisma. There, it's just like milk toast, and I, it's hard for people to get excited about anything that they do. And then on the Republican side, I mean, I, I am full of criticisms of my own side of of just being completely off message and erratic and reactionary and and not strategic in any way, shape, or form, and, and kind of succumbing to a lot of like illiberal populist sentiment. But like just generationally, there's just no leadership. There's just empty benches of people that are just sound so canned and uncharismatic. And it it's just like there's this void in our country. And that's that's dangerous. Well, at least we have Ron DeSantis coming around for the next cycle. <laughs> yeah, it's just not exactly Mr. Dynamic. Well, I mean, even on who who would you who's who are the who is in who's on the Democratic bench that has like that. Gets well, what's excited. rough is I feel like Kamala Harris really is not in a good position now because of no. her attachment to the Biden administration and like the fact that she's been sidelined within the administration. So it doesn't feel like she can run. I don't know, man. So you agree it's a little dispiriting overall? Yeah, it's a disaster. I mean, I would I want Vladimir I would, Zelensky. I'm going for Beckshaw 2024. That's what I'm going for. I'm I'm enough, for you. But I mean, I'm I disagree. With, you'd have yeah. to be a hawk on national security. Yeah, <laughs> it's a dove. It's a little tough. Um, what about Zelensky? I think there's this clause in the Constitution that says... Yeah, he's not born here. Citizen. Boris Johnson's born here in New York. Really? Yeah. So that that would like, be amazing. That would be a great left or out of left field Boris yeah. Johnson moves. <laughs> wow. I'm trying to think who unites our country as like a moderate candidate. Uh, is, yeah, I don't know. How would you view Bobo Bo- uh, Beckshaw? How would I view what? Bobo, Boris Johnson as president. Um, it depends what I'm <laughs> comparing it against. Oh, I would vote for him. <laughs> I mean, I know. He, yeah. It's Boris him. Johnson versus Trump. That would be maybe you never know. I guess I'd take Bojo. Oh, God. Bobo or Bojo? Hello, Ben. How are you? Hello, Seth. Very happy to... It's been a to... few weeks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I haven't been sulking about the Celtics. Uh, I've been oh, right. That's true. I haven't. <laughs> we haven't spoken since then. It was crazy that we recorded one podcast when they were up 2-1, and then within three days, it was over. It yeah, was the Steph Curry it was, show. It was the Boston Celtics toilet offense down the stretch of the fourth quarter. I mean, yeah, there were five with like five minutes to go in game four. Uh, yeah, the home. game four was that really. Was when the, that was when the series was lost. Uh, anyway, no, I've uh, been dealing with a fun chicken pox outbreak in, in the household. So fun stuff. Love it. The little vectors always bringing presents home for Ben. Yeah, yeah. So what are your thoughts from across the pond on 
America's clusterfuck. How do you feel about Roe v. v. Wade being overturned? Democrats' lack of doing anything is uh, is pretty unbelievable at this point. You know, we've been seeing it for years, how ineffective they are. And especially with like today's news that Biden's apparently struck a deal with Mitch McConnell to appoint an anti-abortion lawyer to a lifetime federal judgeship in Kentucky, all because Mitch McConnell promised him he wouldn't block his agenda anymore. Like, okay, Biden, you're seriously falling for that? Like, I, I just don't understand, you know, how many times are we going to Charlie Brown attempt to kick the football here? It's it, like nothing is ever going to get done until the Democrats start playing dirty. And you have to, you can't do the, when they go low, we go high thing. It just doesn't work. Yeah, this one. Have every dirty trick. And this seems like uh, the new frontiers, like that democratic states are going to be fine. And it's all, you know, states like where I'm from and then the Midwest and all these states that have crazy trigger laws or whatever that they now, all of a sudden, not only is abortion illegal, but they have like, you can, arrest citizens, arrest people, you can track people. I mean, you can already see how people are going to start coming to New York, California, other states that allow it. And then it's going to create insane court cases in every, like, I just don't understand. I think Biden, I was reading some article today about how Biden with a stroke of a pen could uh, create Planned Parenthood clinics on federal land. There's like all this different stuff. It just seems like he's going to lose no matter what. And he's trying to tiptoe around different strategies to save himself for the midterms. And it seems like he should just fall on the fucking sword at this point and allow himself to lose while making whatever check changes he can before he loses. That's my take. But wait, yeah, so we don't beat this horse to death. Let's talk about what we've been meaning to for a couple of weeks. This very under the radar increase to Medicare. For So you've explained it that this has been in the pipeline a little bit because or, or they've told Medicare customers that this is this increase is going to happen. But now... Not, it's, it's about an Alzheimer's drug that not everyone is even using. So they're increasing rates on everyone to just pay for like a small percentage of people that are actually going to use this very expensive drug. Am I getting that correctly? Yeah. So basically, um, the whole way, way that this happens is the Medicare budget has to be anticipated and planned out. Uh, mo- almost a year in advance. So this always happens like spring of the year before. So around, you know, I think usually it's in April. So I think this year is maybe even a little bit late. That's when the budget is projected because they do all these kinds of sophisticated studies looking at how many people they anticipate to be taking different kinds of drugs, how popular they think different things are going to be, what price increases need to be included because Medicare for some godforsaken unknown reason is not allowed to collectively negotiate with drug companies on pricing, etc. So basically, this is why we know now that the premium hike is happening next year, because it has to be accounted for in the budget. And as you referred to, it's it's down to this Alzheimer's drug called Adahelm, which I think is kind of a joke. It costs $56,000 a year, doesn't seem to do too much. Uh, a lot of people were very, very surprised that the FDA actually approved it on the basis of the clinical trials that were presented because they're pretty unconvincing. And so, yeah, that's going to have a serious ripple effect because this is going to cost increased Social Security premiums uh, for Part B by, I think, about 22, something like $22 a month, which sounds kind of insignificant, but is pretty significant for people on a fixed income. So also just it it also just feels like if you take away all the noise about the things that it's that are much more serious that are happening right now that most people's attention are, are on like you know abortion guns train you forget that biden ran on a lot of like 
just bread and butter household issues. Like we're gonna get, we're gonna lower drug prices. We're gonna, and that's th- this is like to the constituents that he needs to vote for him. Older people that are relying on medications, he is poking his finger in their eye. It just seems like one in a line of things that I'm. I'm still. I'm not entirely sure of the extent to which he could have intervened here. I think there's certainly, like I was saying, I think the the first and most obvious thing is to allow Medicare to collectively negotiate with drug companies over pricing. I still, no one has ever given me an explanation as to why this would be a bad thing. And I think it's probably because drug companies are making huge political donations because this would dramatically drop drug pricing. This this would, Medicare is the single biggest purchaser of drugs in the entire world, obviously, and allowing them to negotiate prices down and pass its savings on to people would be a good thing, you would think. There's a reason why U.S. drug prices are significantly higher. It's both because we have private insurance and also because Medicare isn't allowed to collectively negotiate. Yeah, I think it's kind of insane. Um, so to the extent to which Biden is preserving that status quo, I, I do think he's responsible for that. I, you know, no one has ever given me an explanation as to why this would be a bad thing. It's insane also just like we had our New York primary election the other day and it was almost like the election didn't happen. It's funny how there is this problem these days where people are, I'm not saying any specific people, but people express outrage to such a degree. But then when you look at how engaged people are in their local or political process, me, I, I have this problem as well, that I, it's only in a couple of weeks before an election do I really drill into like what candidates are. But then you go to the, the polling place yesterday and there was like no one there. It's just very strange culture we live in. People have... The, the attention span really runs away quickly. And so I don't know. And now you hear today, it's insane to me. Biden is going to give a speech later or later this week about how the January 6th commission proves that Trump is unfit for president. This is just another really stupid strategy that's going to make people want to vote for him more. If you're coming out saying like, you can't, we can't allow this person to run. People are going to say, oh, they're just doing the same thing they've always done, which is not allowing, using a technicality or using some bureaucratic process to keep the candidate that we want from running. I just don't, it's like the cycle is repeating itself again. Trump is going to be president. (laughs) Who could run other than Biden that could actually win? Because it seems like the field is pretty thin. Adam Kinzinger, see if you can get him to switch parties. See if you get appeal that way. I don't know. There's no okay. one. There's no compelling Democratic need, like, politician with a, a chance. celebrity sports star. Yeah, yeah. I don't fucking know. How Howard is... Stern. <laughs> Howard Stern said that he would consider running. I mean, yeah. I don't understand why the fuck Biden is giving a speech instead of just telling Merrick Garland, "Hey, Justice Department, maybe you should." You know, step it up. Obviously, Trump pushing the Justice Department to do things for political gain is is outside the is like beyond the pale. But I, I, you know, there's nothing wrong with saying, "Hey, Mayor Garland, maybe you should take a look at this, dude." Like, why why are we dragging our feet on this? There's more than enough evidence for criminal prosecution here. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think that that if you're gonna go all the way, you just gotta go all the way and start prosecuting people, or and just allow the other side to be angry at you. Because I don't know, it's like. It's such a clusterfuck at this point, and there's so many things like I just I haven't really been able to watch the January 6th commission because it just seems like they're shouting into an echo ch- echo chamber. How is is anyone going to pay attention to this? Everyone that already believes that he is culpable already believes it, and I don't think any l- amount of witnesses are going to prove to the other side. Okay, yeah, anyway, I do think is- the Hutchinson I do think the Hutchinson testimony is pretty compelling, and some Trump loyalists even admitted that it looked bad. 
so you agree that 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 might be sort of this turning point i think she was yeah she's the smoking gun you know she was there she was a direct eyewitness to this i don't think people can question her credibility she was i thought she was a very compelling witness and she was kind of the first one where i was like okay there is kind of a reason for doing this so what do you all right let's just pivot to the to the fun stuff at the end what uh you want to give us any f1 updates or anything (laughs) um well it's just uh, all coming up Red Bull and Verstappen. They have a huge lead. And actually, Leclerc's not even in second anymore. Perez is. So Red Bull have won two in the drivers and are running away with the constructors title. Uh, this weekend is Silverstone, which is kind of where last year's title race turned because Verstappen had a huge lead going into it. And then Hamilton crashed into him and knocked Verstappen out of the race and then went on to win. So that was like a 25-point swing. I think he was up by 34 or something going into it so that basically kind of tied it so we'll see it could be dramatic uh there's a lot of upgrades rumored for mercedes so we might see them back uh near the top but uh hard to say that'd be fun i mean the last race i watched hamilton did better than i expected he seems to be like right in the middle of the pack now fifth or sixth in a lot of these races was that which one was that was that he uh, was in uh the last one it were in canada, canada. didn't he get yeah he finished third in canada yeah Oh yeah, yeah. See, good, good job, Lewis. When, when does the Premier League start? Like, um, end of July, isn't it? I think so. How do you see that? Do you think Arsenal have vaulted themselves into the top four by signing Jesus? No. <laughs> uh, I think you still need uh, a lot of work at fullback, and I think the that's the fundamental problem is you still don't have a, another central midfielder who you can play alongside part alongside party and potentially step in for him because party has a pretty spotty injury record and what I think do you Arsenal think of a, uh, Arsenal have a great first team right now but they just don't have the depth and I don't think they have the academy to bring players through at the moment considering like how many of the Halen kids you've already brought up that's kind of like if they had them they would be already in the first team and I don't think they're there and what do you think of Newcastle where do they finish I think Newcastle probably finished top six I think Man United are the team that might drop out frankly because uh, if they get De Jong, that's an interesting signing, but everything that I've read is that he's desperate to stay in Barcelona and doesn't want to sign, no matter how much they offer him. So that kind What of do you sucks. think of uh, Liverpool's switch, their sh- their forward switch, trading Mane? <laughs> I think Darwin Nunez this. sucks. I'm really? Like, on the record saying that this dude is is completely overrated i've watched this guy a lot obviously uh been to a bunch of benfica games uh he's like a shittier lukaku really like dude he's never averaged 15 passes per game in his career for benfica a team that have the ball 70 percent of the time he plays exclusively in the left channel last year last year he was good the year after he arrived at benfica he was a fucking laughing stock he was considered the worst signing he was up there with like one of the worst signings in the league's history because he was so bad. This year he had kind of a fluky finishing season. And yes, he's still young and maybe he'll be okay. But I think next year he's going to be terrible. He just looks very big. He looks like he's a physical beast. He's big, but you know, he's like Lukaku. He's like just a Lukaku plays from the from the left side. Like he's exactly that same kind of player. And I just I don't know how it's going to work at Liverpool. We're going to have to change the way they play completely because he's he's got a terrible touch. He's a terrible passer of the ball. I think he had like four assists last year. And that's <laughs> like in a, in a team like Benfica, they should be should have had a lot more. Got yeah, it. So not and you think Man City is going to run away with it then if Liverpool have downgraded and Man City have only gotten better? Because yeah, Holland is going to just destroy the league, I would imagine. We'll see that. Yeah, Holland is sick. City are going to be really fucking good again. I think City are just the best team in the world right now. So, But we'll see if they can get it done in the Champions League. All right, what else, Ben? What else should we address now that we have you back? Uh, I don't know. We're playing a lot of golf lately. Yeah? 
That's yeah. good. What's your handicap? I don't have a handicap yet. I haven't played enough to establish a handicap. But That's uh, fun, though. You're fully in your middle years now. I know. I'm just, like, full on dad mode. New Balances, golf, you know. <laughs> I can see you with your New Balances on. I could hit the ball, like, 300 yards, though. So. Oh, yeah. I bet you are powerful. You have a powerful drive. I can imagine. Yeah, I can... The problem is uh, usually it goes one fairway over. So yeah, do you have like a slice or a hook? Which one? Actually, the driver is like I'm okay with. I have kind of a power draw on it. Like the driver is the. It, I don't know. My background is all in baseball, so and the driver is the swing that's most like right. swinging a baseball bat. So that that's that fun though. Kind of translated a bit. I think one day I'll maybe take up golf i've already gotten into tennis so i'm like slowly mm-hmm. moving into the country club sports yeah exactly thank you for listening to this week's episode please tune in next week